Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Here are your state headlines. Law enforcement is investigating the homicide deaths of six people in a remote area of the Mojave Desert in San Bernardino County. No arrests have been made so far and officials haven't released information about the victims. But a Fox News affiliate is reporting the slain people had gunshot wounds and some were burned. Two vehicles, including one riddled with bullets, were found at the scene located outside the community of El Mirage. This week, Shasta County supervisors voted 3-2 to two to oppose a new state law that limits where people can carry concealed firearms, like in government buildings, houses of worship, and parks and playgrounds. The resolution was sponsored by Supervisor Patrick Jones. What this resolution will do would allow uniformity not only with the public, but with county employees as well. Last year, any person in California that had a valid CCW could go on all city or county property with a permit. However, county employees could not. Jones' family runs a firearm store in Redding. The state law limiting where concealed guns can be carried remains tied up in the courts. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit Donate dot kqed dot org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks 
California has been closing prisons to save money, but the state's spending 90% more per year on each prisoner kept locked up than it was a decade ago. That's according to a new analysis from CalMatters. Reporter Nigel Duara explains why. California is now spending a record-breaking $132,000 per year on each individual prisoner the state incarcerates. Only a fraction of that money goes to the direct cost of housing inmates, according to a 2022 report from the State Legislative Analyst's Office. A big chunk of this expense comes from increases in prison employee salaries. State data shows salaries for California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation employees have gone up more than 40% since 2010, a rate more than three times inflation. California is also under court order to improve prison conditions and, as a result, is spending more on medical care. That's CalMatters reporter Nigel Duara. Three years ago this winter, the Creek Fire was finally contained. It remains California's fifth largest blaze, a fire that charred tens of thousands of acres and destroyed hundreds of homes in the Sierra Nevada east of Fresno. As KVPR's Carrie Klein reports, it's been a time of healing and recovery since the blaze, especially for those involved in a high-stakes rescue the first weekend of the fire. When the Creek Fire ignited over Labor Day weekend 2020, it engulfed 36,000 acres in just a day. Good evening and thank you for joining us. Here's a clip from CBS News. But nowhere are things more dire than outside of Fresno. In that wild first day, the fire trapped hundreds of people at a campground. All of them survived and they all have their own harrowing stories from that day. Liz Lawrence's story involves a car crash. She and her two daughters were speeding away from the fire in her Chevy Yukon when she crashed into a gate. Two of the doors were pinned shut. Like, I remember the windows shattering on me, and then it was this instant heat. We were completely, except for on the passenger side, completely surrounded by flames. They found a way out of the car and fled on foot. The fire burned their arms and faces, but they made it to safety at Mammoth Pool Reservoir, a nearby lake. That's where nearly 250 campers were eventually rescued by National Guard helicopters. Three years later, Lawrence says she's still haunted by the questions of why. Why did we survive that? Why did we make it out of there? Like, there's no reason we should have survived that crash and been able to get out the way we did. Everyone who survived that weekend has followed their own path of healing. For Lawrence, it's been counseling and journaling, a therapy dog. Same for her daughters, who were just 9 and 11 at the time. Other survivors got to meet their rescuers. Earlier this fall, a local army association held a barbecue to honor the National Guard pilots who flew through those blackout conditions. Uh, thank you for showing up. I just want to make a couple small introductions. And Around 70 survivors showed up, including Carla Carcamo, who drove up from L.A. During the fire, her younger brother and sister were lost in the woods. She thought they were gone. Miraculously, they survived, but with severe burns. She said the last few years have been hard. Maybe like two weeks ago, I just cried on the way to work. Just, you know, it was very close to the anniversary. And I don't know, it just got very, very emotional driving to work. Family is a common thread for these survivors. Nuri Zeladon had fled the fire with her husband and baby girl, who's now three and a half. Zeladon says her daughter doesn't remember the fire, but they made her a photo book from that year. They talked to her about it. But I showed her videos and she was just surprised. She couldn't believe it. She's like, wow, like, and she, she said she wants to say thank you to the pilots. There are new babies, too. 
Raul Reyes and his wife, Alex Tenmanti, who had driven more than a dozen hitchhikers to the lake in their pickup truck, became parents last October. Oh, it's amazing. That's another blessing in itself. A lot of these folks belong to an off-roading group that takes big camping trips together. The fire never stopped those trips. Community was too important, but it did change how they camped. Let's just say the last few years we've been closer to water. <laughs> now, Reyes says they're ready to take a big step. We actually have plans to go back to the same location next Labor Day. Liz Lawrence hopes to return to Mammoth Pool next summer, too, with her daughters. Today, she's sitting in a prayer garden near the Fresno Church where she teaches preschool. She likes to take her lunch breaks here. She reflects on the fire and her harrowing escape. She thinks it all actually brought her and her daughters closer together. Everybody's like, you and your girls just get each other in a different way. I'm like, well, we've kind of been through some scary stuff, guys. She now wears that mother-daughter bond on her arm in a tattoo of three elephants. The biggest is leading the smaller ones, guiding them wherever life takes them next. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein in Fresno. And that is the California Report for Thursday, January 25th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a good day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy works to create a cleaner, healthier, more secure world for all. On the web at theschmidt.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.